0: (laughs) yeah i got off the plane in afghanistan i i didn't have any ammo i've never fired my weapon like
1: (laughs) what really yeah what's up guys i'm so excited to share my conversation with my cousin patrick o'keefe and we grew up in a really military-focused family, and he continued the family tradition, uh, me, not so much, but he has been serving in the army for over eight years now, and he's done two deployments, But before his career in the military began, he was a multi-sport athlete and sports were a huge part of his life all the way up until college. So in this episode, we talk all about our crazy injury stories and then his transition from the athlete life to being in the military and how he was thrown into some really challenging times pretty quickly with very little preparation so there's a lot we could take away from this but before we get to our conversation enjoy a little behind the scenes look or listen at some classic o'keefe shitting on each other as we attempt to dabble in this podcast technology all right guys enjoy are you about to hop on some (laughs) colleges
0: i haven't used this headset in like, years.
1: <laughs> you look like you're either taking customer service calls or yeah. <laughs> to
0: hop on Twitch. Dude, it's both at the same time. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever used voice memos, so.
1: <laughs> I know, the past couple people I've asked do this, they didn't even know what it was. I'm like, I have, like, 45 voice memos of me, like, thinking a joke is funny and wanting to remember it later. I'm like, this is not funny. Why did I record?
0: Hey, hey wait, listen to this joke I told myself.
1: <laughs> it's so sad because that is literally what I've used to. <laughs> Wait, I forget the punchline. Oh, wow, I'm funny. Oh, Thank God
0: okay. I had this voice memo.
1: <laughs> They're all labeled voice memo number 37. I'm like, Megan's log. <laughs> <laughs> if I die and anyone finds this, uh, I'll be glad I'm dead because
0: it's please Please delete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, so it's your day off, but how has COVID looked for you? What do you give people a little bit of a background of your, your job right now?
0: I'm at NTC, the National Training Center, at Fort Irwin in California. It's in the Mojave Desert, like two hours east of L.A. NTC is where, like, a lot of Army units come through here uh, as kind of like their last big stop before deployment. And the idea is, like, you know, that they go through the toughest day in the Army or the toughest, it's two weeks long of actual training, that they go through, like, the hardest two weeks in the military here, right, so that it's not, like, in combat, you know.
1: How do you design such a difficult two weeks so that they're prepared for actual deployment.
0: So it's super easy, right, when you're not like super tired and you're not like being evaluated and stuff to just sit back and be like, Oh yeah. Well, well that's that's fucked up, right? Like I don't know <laughs> what the right answer is, but it's not that, you know? <laughs> you, that ain't you it. know I can tell yeah, I can tell that's wrong. Um, <laughs> basically they they just try to throw as many different pressures on people like simultaneously. Uh, to help build like decision-making under stress, right? Like, which is like a, a big thing, you know? So they'll do stuff like communications jamming, right? Like they'll jam some of their radios or some of their like computer systems, right? And force them to be like, well, now, now how do I communicate with my units, right? Like the, the unit here that plays like the bad guys is really, really good at it. They'll fly, like, commercial off-the-shelf drones to just, like, buzz people and, like, take pictures and drop little, like, fake grenades. So it's, it's, all, it's just all sorts of stuff where they just try to, like, mess with people continuously while they're trying to execute, like, the mission that they've been given.
1: Do you remember your training that when you went through that?
0: So, funny story, I did not go through it before I did my first deployment.
1: How were you prepared?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, I got off the plane in Afghanistan. I, I didn't have any ammo. I've never fired my weapon. Like,
1: <laughs> What? Really?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, because it was, it was all just a timeline thing. Like, yeah. I, you know, I graduated college on, like, May 5th uh, in 2012. And then, like, at May 12th, so, like, a week to the day later, I started my, like, basic officer training to be an armor officer. And then I went straight from there to an advanced course after that. And then right from there to my unit in El Paso, who, and it was like November by this point, And the first flights were leaving in late December. So mm-hmm. I went through like some kind of like quick, like they called it like individual readiness training, but it was, it, it wasn't really a whole lot, right? Like it was like the lowest common denominator type stuff. And then in January I was on a plane and it was like, sweet. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing.
1: They're like, this is the actual test. <laughs> you thought yeah, you were going to yeah. be trained and prepared, but joke's yeah, yeah. on you, but... but- how did you feel going to Afghanistan? Did you feel unprepared, or you were like, "This is just the name of the game, I have to do what I have to do"?
0: No, so you know, I was like, I was like young and stupid, right? Like, <laughs> one of those things may still be true, but I mean, I was just like excited to go, you know, mm-hmm. like I was, I was ready to go because you know we like grew up where like nine eleven was like the defining moment of our lives, you know? And so, you know, I felt like lucky and excited and stuff to, to be able to go and like, you know, like do my part and all that stuff. The whole like preparedness thing was, was something that I, like looking back on later, I was like, man, like it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> but,
1: maybe I should have like shot this once or twice.
0: <laughs> yeah. But luckily, like once I got on the, on the ground, you know, like it's not like you fly you land you're like just like out in in the wilderness right and there's like bad guys everywhere no like you, you we flew into to Kandahar Airfield, right this, this huge base right with like tens of thousands of people on it right and like there was time there's time to adjust and you, know, you get in there you, and then the, you do stuff like you know by the time I got out to my actual base like um, yeah I got I got to like you know zero my weapon and stuff like make sure that it shot straight and that I knew what I was doing <laughs> so <laughs> just the basic things you know
1: you wanted yeah, to yeah. like trigger and work All right. Well, I definitely want to get to talking to some stories about your deployment, but going back to kind of how you said 9-11 was a very defining point in, I guess, our generation's life. Was that for you the inspiration to go the military route?
0: Uh, Yeah, it it was definitely like our family. You know, when you look at all of the brothers and sisters, right? Like they were all in the military, active duty, right? And then Grandparents, right, on the O'Keeffe side, you know, but yeah, so there was always this like big thing, you know, in the O'Keefe family, right, like of like the military, right, and you know, like just how great it was, right, and like how great it was like, to like serve and like you know give back and like do all these things, you know, just a long history of of service and stuff like in the military.
1: Yeah, I'm the oddball that like went askew and i was like oh maybe not the military for me
0: (laughs) i mean who knows but yeah so it was just kind of this thing that like we're like constantly exposed to you know all all of our parents right like on the okie side like mostly served during like the cold war right and like generally peacetime. you know like my dad like went to somalia during that whole thing but you know we were like like five years old or i was five you know when it happened Mm -hmm. um So I didn't really know what was going on. So there wasn't the whole like trauma, right? Like of the war, right? Like it wasn't like super real that would have maybe like pushed pushed people off of like the military. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it I was all just like very positive and stuff. But, but. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And I remember growing up as a kid being surrounded by the coast guard with my dad and it just seeming so cool. Like we got to see all the cool sides of it where my dad would yeah. bring you, bring you to the, to the helicopter and to the simulator. And one time my dad, in, when we lived in Alabama flew his helicopter to our school and landed on our soccer field for the whole school to see. I'm like, wow, this is badass. Like my dad's so cool. Yeah. And so yeah. <laughs> we see all these awesome parts of the military and, How much of a family it is and the camaraderie so it is very enticing and there's so much of it that's really appealing that you'd want to be part of that
0: you know getting older and like looking back you know there was never any pressure to do it either which I think was big right like uh, they
1: were just brainwashing you they knew
0: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly right like um but was never anything like you know my dad was never like oh like I really want you to like go in the military right it was like hey like you know do do what you want if that's what you want then like great but um especially like as i as i got older and stuff it was like you know hey this is like this is like a pretty serious thing so Mm -hmm. you know don't don't do it unless you're like totally sure
1: yeah i think that's a good way as a parent to go about it too because i know sometimes when my parents want me to do certain things and they're on my ass about it i'm more apt to not want to do that just because they
0: want me to do it exactly like well now i'm not going to do it
1: (laughs) well you wanted me to no i i don't want to further my education dumb (laughs) Okay, so you kind of started to think about it more seriously, would you say, in high school?
0: I feel like I always knew that like I just like wanted to be in the military, right? Like it's just there was never really a whole lot of question about it. But yeah, it wasn't until like late, probably like late high school uh that I really started thinking about like what I wanted to do in the military because at that point, right, like the the wars had been going on for a couple years. Yeah. Um, so that's when I started really like thinking about it like more seriously about like what my like career goals and like job and stuff we're going to be
1: you started thinking a lot about that in high school like why did you feel that pressure like oh I need to make a decision now is it because of the nature of the military
0: I knew I was going to do like ROTC or like try to go to one of the service academies um although like summer seminar at at one of them like definitely turned me off I was like you know I don't want to I don't want to be, like go to a military school for four years like I kind of want to like enjoy college
1: um, <laughs> I want to like smile and laugh and
0: yeah and like you know do stupid college things right cool. like like party and you know, I want
1: well, like, four more years of being dumb for a little
0: bit yeah I want to have my own life right like but yeah so you know like just needing to make like that decision not that I'm like totally like, like I super like I'm obsessed with like the future or anything but I did want to make sure I had some sort of plan of like what I wanted to do so I knew like what steps I needed to take to get there. It certainly helps
1: to have that clear and confident decision that you know that that's the path you wanted to be on. But besides the, uh, the military stuff, what else were you into in high school?
0: So, just like all O'Keeffe's, you know, big into sports, right? You know, like <laughs> we were
1: into them. I don't know how good we were.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like sports was like the big thing. You know, it was like year round. You know, it was like football in the fall, right? Lacrosse in the spring. And then it was like training for one of those two things in the winter and summer.
1: You grew up in Northern Virginia throughout your, your high school years, but yeah. where were you living before?
0: Yeah. So we spent like six years in Southern California from like, when I was like three to nine. And then we spent a year in Boston and then to Northern Virginia. You did have
1: a little bit of that military brat um, experience moving around a little bit, but the place that you really felt like you were molded, grew up in, would you say it was Northern Virginia?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff uh, from, like, California that, you know, my sisters and I have, like, kind of just hung on to. Mm -hmm. Like, saying dude all the time to, like, literally everyone. But
1: (laughs) That could also be a lacrosse thing, Vera. (laughs)
0: It's true, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Northern Virginia definitely – If I were to call any place home, it would definitely – that would be it.
1: So what sports were you, you know, really focusing on in high school? Like what was really important to you?
0: So, yeah, I played football and lacrosse, but lacrosse quickly uh, became, like, my favorite sport, which I didn't – I didn't even play lacrosse until high school. And then, like, it quickly became, like, my favorite thing to do. I was probably better at lacrosse than I was at football. Actually, I know I was. (laughs) I remember
1: because when you guys were going through – High school, we were living in Alabama, and I think we came up to visit you guys, and I must have been in fifth grade, so, like, not super young, but I had, this is so embarrassing, I had never heard of lacrosse. I was, like, in my Alabama bubble under a rock, only focusing on soccer, and I remember visiting you guys, and you guys were talking about this, like, lacrosse sport, and I'm like, what is this?
0: (laughs) I don't think that we knew what it was until we moved to Northern Virginia. Like in California, it definitely was not a thing then. Like it is now, obviously, it's just exploded, you know?
1: One of your injuries was you broke your nose and had to get a nose cast.
0: Yeah. I've broken my nose probably, like, four or five times, though, since then. <laughs> it's, like, one of those things, like, it broke once. It just, like, keeps... It, like, kept breaking. Like
1: <laughs> It's like my brain with every concussion I had.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, man, I have my own concussions. <laughs> in high school, I got one in a lacrosse game. And then I, I lied about, like, how bad it was. The trainer and the doctor was like, oh, like, two weeks. But, like, after a week, I was like, I feel fine, right? Like, O'Connell PVI was coming up.
1: Ooh, you got to play in that.
0: Yeah, so... So I played the game before it. I took a, you know, I played defense, right? I took a shot, like, right to the helmet. It was so bad. (laughs) It was so bad. Um, That's actually, that's actually the only time, like, like, broken bones, like, tearing muscles, like, whatever, like, that's the only time I've actually, like, cried from an injury. Wow. It was like, yeah, it was that bad. And I was like,
1: no, it's fine. Like, Like Patrick, you're crying. Yeah,
0: and then, yeah, that's what my dad said, too. He's like, I knew, that's when I knew it was bad, (laughs) right? (laughs) and we lost that game too
1: <laughs> it was uh, for nothing it was for nothing
0: yeah yeah and then i missed the TVI game anyway so
1: <laughs> that sucks yeah uh, i remember my my very last concussion the one that ended my career as my senior year of college I, I was like oh maybe it wasn't that bad and i remember going to the doctor a couple of days later and he's like well walk me through the play what happened and I was, like, so confident. I was, like, yeah, she was – this girl was dribbling down the sideline, and she just crossed it in. And, like, I went up for a header and, like, collided here, here. And I was, like, for sure that's what happened. Like, I was yeah. convinced. And then the doctor, believed me, he didn't, hadn't seen tape or anything. And then a couple of days later, I was, like, I'm just going to watch this for, you know, like, to remind myself of all the good times. <laughs> and it had – it was not even close to what I described. I was like, did yeah. I just make this up? Where did I even get this inspiration? But it was, that was what was really scary to me. It was like, oh my God, that I fully sh- thought that something else had happened. Yeah. that was
0: so scary. Yeah. <laughs> I injured my back pretty seriously, junior year playing football. And then I re-injured it senior year, like right before our first game, uh, like we were warming up. I basically like missed the rest of the season, then was able to like rehab in time for lacrosse. So like at the time it was, it was, it, it sucked, you know, senior year and like all that stuff. Um, but at the same time, because I think I liked lacrosse more, I didn't feel like I got too down about it. It was more like, okay, so I, I lost this one season, right? Like, how do I not lose another one? How do I get better for my senior lacrosse season? Yeah. Um, So that was kind of like a big motivator.
1: Did you ever have dreams of playing in college?
0: Uh, So yeah, briefly, like I thought about playing lacrosse. There's one school that I kind of thought like, yeah, like maybe, but I was also, I had already decided, right, that like the military is where I really want to like focus.
1: You do all this rehab for your back to, you know, get back to playing lacrosse for your senior year. But at this point, you know, that at least your athletic career will probably be done after high school. How did that make you feel?
0: It's definitely, like, kind of bummed when you realize that. Like, hey, I'm not going to play anymore. But then also, like, I knew there was probably a club team where I was going, right? So I, so I, I was like, hey, like, I can still, like, mess around.
1: Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's way more fun. Like, looking back, like, yeah, the times I just play pickup and there's no pressure, I'm like, that is when I enjoy my sport the most.
0: Yeah. And I, I did actually play. So I played, like, the fall of my freshman year club lacrosse like at ODU but then I I I injured my knee there it was like after like a a day-long tournament we had then I like got into the car and I couldn't like bend my knee like the right way and I was like that's not normal right so so then that was a pretty easy decision to like the military is the focus here so while I enjoy playing lacrosse it's not I it's not going to pay the bills right like it's not it's not a career for me so it sucked but it was it was ultimately pretty easy to just kind of let that go and just like not play anymore
1: so once you get into college you're like all right, you're finally getting to live out this dream you've had of pursuing the military. You're starting on yeah. that path. What were what were your expectations of what it was gonna be like? And did that play out?
0: God, it seems like it's so long ago.
1: <laughs> like, what is college, I can't remember.
0: Yeah, I definitely do remember that like, I always viewed college as just like a means to an end. I knew I wanted to be a military officer and to be a military officer, right? I needed to have a college degree and I need to go through this program. It always seemed like it was pretty central to, like, everything I was doing, even to the extent of, like, hey, like, do I want to go to this party Right, like, if the cops show up or something, right, and I'm underage, like, I don't want to mess that up. So it, it drove, like, so many decisions, like, even just, like, I feel like on a day-to-day level sometimes.
1: That sounds, I mean, that sounds like a lot of the feelings I would have, especially towards the end of high school and in college with parties and you're like, "Well, my yeah. full fo- my focus is playing Division 1 sports." And you hear these horror stories of like these yeah. kids that got caught and they're in jail and they never got to do anything ever again. Yeah,
0: Arrested and they lost their scholarship. <laughs> now they're at McDonald's like
1: <laughs> Like does anything this actually happen or did my parents just make this up to freak me out because it worked?
0: It was probably both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honestly. There's a little bit of truth in there somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked and it just like tainted my view of parties for life.
0: Yeah. You're a huge nerd too.
1: <laughs> Smart. Like it's not like I focus on school more. I just like hid in my room cuz I was scared of the parties. Yeah. So, I mean, ROTC was a big part of your college experience, but did you still have fun?
0: Yeah, so at at ODU, uh the Army ROTC program there was so big. It was like it was like 400 kids or something. Wow. Um,
1: it's like your own fraternity, basically. That's,
0: yeah, it's exactly what it was. like. And there was like an ROTC house. So it wasn't like anything officially sanctioned, right? But like there was always parties there and it was ROTC people parties, you know? Yeah. And that was where basically all my friends in college were, were yeah. in ROTC. Yeah.
1: Because
0: it was big enough that, right, like if you didn't like somebody, like you shouldn't hang out with them. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> but there were enough people that, you know, like you got along with, so.
1: Yeah, it does sound a lot like either... Greek life or even being as part of a sports team which you probably you know missed being on a team sport but you automatically were basically part of a new team sport just that being ROTC so I think what people a lot of value that people get from something like that is you go through all this tough shit together and you get closer because of that like were there a lot of you know challenges even in college that you guys went through that you bonded over
0: it's yeah, so not necessarily in college, but, uh, yeah, I mean, shared hardship is definitely like the biggest thing. Like that's how people like get the tightest, I think, in, uh, in my opinion, but, uh, but yeah, like you're a hundred percent, right. Like the, the same camaraderie that's in like sports teams and stuff, right. Like it's such a, that's what you really like miss the most. Uh, I feel like when you stop playing or like, you know stop doing something like that um so yeah ROTC and then like the army obviously like that camaraderie is is definitely there right and the, <laughs> and, the and the shared hardships are definitely like what builds teams but...
1: yeah going back to like just being surrounded by that with my dad and the stories that we would hear from times where he's flying in storms and nearly dying with some guys but these are now his brothers for life and so that's yeah Another thing that was like always so inspiring to me, I'm like, damn, <laughs> my dad's a hero. Never say it to his face, he'd kill me. All right guys, be sure to head over to part 2 to hear about Patrick's very quick transition into the army and how he was deployed overseas pretty soon after graduating college. And you know, we can all relate on having tough first days on the job, but Patrick shares how he was thrown into a new job and day one turned into a pretty intense life or death situation. Be sure to check it out in part two. Thanks, guys.